So good morning from the Forest Refuge. Um, A cool morning. Some snowflakes blowing around. And uh, particularly uh, feeling moved to speak from this meditation hall. It's been such a, an important place of practice for so many of you. And hope through these talks, through this listening and unfolding, you can feel a sense of connection with the with this place what that what that means to you some of us are still here and taking care of the place for you till you can come back and uh, right now some uh, maintenance people are um, taking up the cork flooring <laughs> for some of you who've been tripping over this for the last five years I think this will come as good news um, so just yeah to give you a sense of one thing that's happening in your absence So this morning I, uh, I want to talk about, share some reflections on teachings very, very dear to me and feel very important and potentially very helpful as they always are and for our uh, situation right now. The teachings of the Brahma Viharas I touched on metta yesterday, goodwill, and today would like to just mm, invite you to join me in just giving this time, giving some time, space, you know, settled where you are, and some posture where your body can rest and can be awake and present and let your heart, your mind be resonated and uplifted and strengthened and perhaps challenged by the reflections on these four great qualities of metta, goodwill, karuna, compassion, mudita, appreciative joy and upekka, equanimity. So I was um, uh, rummaging around as I often am for uh, what to what to say, what to share. So yeah, may it be of benefit. 
May there be some something here that is useful for you. Um, so the Buddha teaching from the Majjhima Nikaya 19, the middle length saying 19, whatever we frequently think about and ponder upon, that will become the inclination of our mind. So these four great great qualities at the very least to give us something helpful to ponder upon. Although in that same sutta, the Buddha also goes on to say, you know, I see no harm in these thoughts of goodwill and compassion and renunciation, but also see that the mind is tired by excessive thinking and pondering, and so no appropriate time to put thinking aside. Yeah. So we could just begin by perhaps very briefly contemplating each Brahma Vihara, each divine abode, sublime abiding, best home, sublime attitude, seeing them all, you know, named in those ways, probably many others sense of uh, quality in which a mind can abide, can be a mind state, Mm. could be also um, perhaps most basically seen as an intentionality, inclination, kind of uh, direction, kind of sloping, things tend to roll that way. So we're encouraging, and we were just sort of like I'm, I'm leaning to one side now, like <laughs> lean that way, or it's just the natural, isn't it, sort of plasticity or emptiness of mind that actually allows allows it to take on different qualities and incline in different ways. So yeah, or then it manifests more as maybe motivation or attitude uh, or can be uh, also understood as a way of seeing, right? a kind of, of lens that we, we can pick up and look at the world through. What do we see when we look with a heart, a mind imbued with goodwill. How different might the world look? Or does it look? So just invite you again, there's, there's a lot here to explore and just different possibilities. Um, one reflection that I've been kind of pondering this week is the sense of how 
quality like um, appreciation, uh, appreciation of the good, appreciation of the lovely, the beautiful, is such a natural, natural capacity, natural uh, potential, natural occurrence in a human being, maybe other, other beings as well. And then the practice is, is again, rather than getting, you know, kind of busy trying to push something or pump, pump something out or create something or, you know, become some ideal or, you know, just flop on the sofa because, you know, we're never going to meet that ideal or... <laughs> it's actually, I find this a really helpful way of... of it's actually more like a practice of, of uncovering or, or even not even uncovering, just turning towards this quality and then it, it does the unco- uncovering <laughs> and unblocking and, and the, the healing. I think this is wonderful. And um, just, again, we might often find that it's, it's, you know, not a lot of big, dramatic, immediate consequences. Sometimes there are big shifts, but it's more like that sense of over time, you know, like a, a rock being worn away by the waves or like I sometimes think of the image of these huge mile-long oil tankers who, you know, you turn the wheel very, very little way and you end up in a very, very different destination. So we can have some immediate benefit and long-term effects, both for us personally and also for us collectively. Yeah, really huge, huge potential. And, and kind of a power. And we can, you know, perhaps during, during our retreat, our... Um, <laughs> pandemic retreat, um, one of the possibilities is to really explore these qualities, like really find out how they are, where they are, notice and recognize them. You know, sometimes I think that there's so much just in a simple day of kindness, of, of goodwill, of generosity, of compassion to, to the dark that's happening we don't notice because maybe it's not so um, uh, attended to so by intentionally turning toward then that natural capacity is cultivated and then we see and feel the benefits of that that those intentionalities those skills those Attitudes are more available in our life and we see then they, they arise more naturally or spontaneously, you could say. So there's a kind of effort and, and, and participation that's, that's required from us. But also it's more like entering a stream, you know, entering a, a kind of natural process. So much of the Buddha's teachings works on this principle. So we can really trust that and uh, learn how to keep um, 
re-entering this this process of of healing that the the Brahma Viharas and all the forms of cultivation of of wholesome qualities, you know, all of that, uh, how it can manifest in in our life. So great power, great, great potential in these, in these qualities. And uh, I want to share um, a teaching from the Buddha in the Majjhima Nikaya, again, the middle-length sayings, number 62, um, advice to Rahula, who actually was um, the Buddha's son. Rahula developed meditation on metta, for we, when you develop meditation on metta, any ill will will be abandoned. Rahula developed meditation on compassion. For when you develop meditation on compassion, any cruelty will be abandoned. Rahula developed meditation on appreciative joy. For when you develop meditation on appreciative joy... Any discontent will be abandoned. Rahula, develop meditation on equanimity. For when you develop meditation on equanimity, any aversion will be abandoned. So we can see this uh, for ourselves in our in our practice. You know, I. A very a specific memory that's now springing to mind of um, seeing this this shift and the sense of metta, the good, the goodwill, the offering, the, the wish to share, the wish to serve and support, sort of um, displacing some aversion. Years ago, when I was on retreat at Guy House, and I had the cleaning up after tea in the dining room job, and you know, it was, I think after a few days, I was continuing to feel some kind of irk and annoyance and, you know, I don't want to do this and it's the wrong time of day for me. I wish I had one in the morning, etc. I'd rather have had another job. And there I was, and, you know, of course, in the midst of retreating, well, uh, um, how can I practice with this? So I began to just play, experiment with, okay, what if, what if, I think, what if is a very powerful, uh, helpful <laughs> beginning of, a, of a, a, a question. So what if I, I wipe the tables for everybody, for everybody here, all the other retreatants? What if I, I just, so I started to do that and wipe the tables with very much keeping that in mind. And by the end of wiping the tables, at least my memory, which is not always great, but my memory is that I felt I was surprised at how it, it really shifted the whole experience. The experience became enjoyable and bright. It was sort of uplifting for the heart in the sense of, ah, oh, you know, again, not dramatic, but perhaps striking because of the way that intention shifted the mind state, you know, quite clearly. Yeah. 
And so again, in, 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 in small ways, we can, we can notice this. Really, really helpful. And as you know, you know, on longer retreats, such as the one we're all on now, some, some, some way, we're also encountering some of those sort of very embedded you know, sort of latent tendencies or upadi acquisitions, you know, and these patterns and ways in which our energy, our mind, our thoughts gets you know, caught and trapped in particular ways that are not helpful. And how much having a sense of being able to hold that or to bring the metta, bring the compassion to bear on that is, is uh, yeah, potentially transformative. It's that principle, isn't it, of meeting what's difficult or meeting, you know, what's so habituated and what's, you know, tends to catch us when we can practice really meeting it with, with, in a skillful way, with some kindness, with some non-reactivity. It's like in a moment, in a moment, something can really shift. So anyway, many, many um, powers or beneficial effects of these four sublime attitudes or states you know however modestly we might feel that they are (laughs) accessible to us they support our you know ethical training they support our precepts of wanting to train in non-harming these qualities really really work together with that ethical training they are in that way also a support for mindfulness you know somehow that the way mindfulness and kindness can work together and um, the, the term kindfulness was termed that these qualities are not necessarily so separate they are vehicles for deep concentration, lead to samadhi, this great gathered steadiness of mind that can deepen into absorption and bring so much healing and, and also insight and revelation, small and great. They also called doors to the deathless. So that potential of the deeply and fully developed Brahma Vihara to bring us to the the very edge of, of what we know, what we think we are, and offer us a entry point of a Bring the mind to the doorway into the unconditioned. So many, many ways of cultivating 
many, many ways. I think, you know, I've never tried to write down a list, but I think, you know, there would be hundreds, if not thousands of ways, because the basic intentions, then it it can be expressed and uh, find its way into our thoughts and words and deeds in so many different ways. And so for different people, different sensibilities or temperaments, you know, different conditions of our life, of our body, finding, finding an appropriate way within the conditions we're in, within the conditions as they're unfolding, knowing that they keep changing and also a sense of conditions not having to be the definition of our world, right? They're just conditions. They don't have to define or confine our practice. But we work with them, through them, not against them. I think this is a great skill that we develop in our, probably any skillful Dhamma practice, but particularly with regard to the Brahma Viharas, finding the little chinks of light or the, the little, you know, moments or places where, you know, or images or memories or just hearing a sound, seeing a, a sight. Oh, something is evoked, something is triggered, something is catalyzed. And, you know, really important to notice that, to, to to, as part of this exploration to notice, ah, you know, that, that really, ooh, that was surprising, you know, hearing that, seeing that, reading that, doing that, remembering that really lifted the heart. Oh, that's interesting, you know. And this is what will deepen this practice for us in a meaningful, relevant, authentic way. I think this is so important because I know for me for actually probably many years unfortunately I was hammering away with some idea of 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 oh I've I've got to be kind and uh want other people to be well and it really didn't connect with my my heart or my sense of my actual experience you know this suffering crazy confused um, bundle of fun <laughs> and so again different for different ones of us but to find a place a way that these qualities and all wholesome qualities can be found and connected with and and and, and allowed to be active within within what's happening but with that wise, that wise way of seeing that what is happening is simply conditions. They have no absolute fixed reality. Yeah. So there is this possibility of things shifting or experience shifting, as I was pointing to earlier, dependent on how we see them, how we relate to them. This is this is so crucial because otherwise we get caught in uh, 
Mm. Yeah, ways of trying to make something happen. That doesn't, doesn't work. So I wanted to share um, a, a teaching and then a, a very simple little exercise I've been developing over the last week that I found helpful. I hope you might. Um, and it's based on this um, way in which the four sublime abidings really support and um, balance each other. So I'll share this teaching which I put together based on my own reflections and, and some reflections from my friend and colleague Paul Burrows. So I'll read it and then I'll explain the exercise. Metta, the love that connects, is an antidote to all forms of aversion. It is not attachment. If it slides into sentimentality, karuna brings the heart back into balance. Karuna, the love that responds, is an antidote to cruelty. It is not pity. If it slides into sorrow, mudita brings the heart back into balance. Mudita, the love that celebrates, is an antidote to envy. It is not competitive. If it slides into agitated excitement, upeka brings the heart back into balance. Upeka, the love that allows, is the antidote to partiality. It is not indifference. If it slides into disconnection, metta brings the heart back into balance. So I think, you know, often we see in the suttas and early discourses that the Buddha encouraged the cultivation of these qualities, these mind states together. And I think that that's, anyway, in my experience, that's because they do balance each other so beautifully. So what I'd like to offer is a very simple practice. The first part is you might consider or reflect on, I won't give too much space for it now, but you could come back to it later if you want. How might a clearer uh, intention or attitude or interest in friendliness affect your experience? How might a clearer intention, interest in compassion. How might that affect your experience? How might a clearer intention or interest in appreciation affect your experience? 
and how might a clearer interest or intention towards equanimity or balance, how might that affect your experience? So you could feel into that for right now, just a sense of highlighting or just allowing some one of those to be somehow more clearly, consciously um, connected with, or actually reflect on, think about, and hopefully some skillful pondering, or depending on your inclination, you might find it helpful to write or draw or sculpt. Mm. Your, your meditation practice, it's like, what would that be like if it was, you know, more clearly supported by one or all of these qualities? Or your, your relationships, so take one relationship, somebody present or you know, somebody you're connecting with online or by phone or just somebody you think about, how might that relationship be supported? What difference might it make to really intentionally bring in one or more of these attitudes? Yeah, so just something to play with. I, I've, I found this very helpful with one particular relationship recently. And so the last piece is is that we could bring this to our, our, our relationship to tasks. Yeah, we're all probably engaging still in some kind of work or just just, you know, ordinary daily tasks. And... Uh, like maybe the work, again, the work or the, the yogi job part of our retreat. And this, again, very, very simple in a way, but how, what difference would it make to this task, you know, to really intentionally, consciously bring in either one or more of these qualities. And, uh, yeah, so I, I've been playing with that a bit this week and, really really helpful kind of also to displace some of the random kind of useless thought processes that are going on so using that replacement principle I've uh, yeah so in relation to tasks and um, well two particular tasks I'll mention but I so I reflected on the Brahm each of the Brahma Viharas and found words that for me seem to kind of quite accurately present a kind of antidote to some unhelpful tendencies, which again on our um, pandemic retreat we may be encountering much as we do when we're on retreat, you know, at a retreat centre. Eyeball to eyeball with our karma, as Ajahn Suchita has said. Um, so the words I found, which again, for me, so you, 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 you can find words, ideas, images, yeah, 
that seem to both express the some quality, some facet of the Brahma Vihara, but also are mm, very precise, kind of targeted um, medicine for a specific unhelpful tendency. So I'll just share mine with you. So I've chose to, yeah, focus on work and tasks. So the first word I'm using is gently. Gently. As a expression of metta. And for me, this is helpful counter to a um, deeply ingrained tendency to um, bull in china shop um, or rough dealing with tasks sort of roughly and um, yeah you know sort of that sense of bundle it up tying a knot and throw it out the window <laughs> very, not very kind um, so that's been really helpful the second one is slowly or slow down I wonder how many how many of you are aware, as, as I am, of this like speediness of the mind and the heart that almost becomes more obvious when you slow down, when you when you, you have less to do, you know, this sort of frantic, well, let's think of 59 things to do on the internet this morning, or, um, hmm. or for me, a very ingrained tendency to... Um, want to get things done and out of the way you know so that I don't know what so that what really but yeah that's like rush through it get it done and then I can I don't know so slow down it's like that (laughs) sort of kind of playful element to it it's like no no I don't want to so there may be some dialogue there so that is for me as a, 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 a application or manifestation of compassion. And then the third one, appreciatively, and more as a, as a way of bringing in mudita, appreciatively. It's whatever we're doing. I found this really powerful, really lovely. I've, when I've done it, and particularly this reflection, Every single moment, there is something to appreciate. Quite wonderful. Kind of amazing. Again, the power of how we, of what we look for, how we look, and given the now neurologically proven negativity bias uh, in the human brain, maybe other brains as well, you know, we are particularly called to um, take care of this one. Yeah, really, I was folding some laundry and just appreciating so many different aspects of that. And having hands with which to fold and, you know, clothing to wear and washing machine that works and and so yeah just so much and for upeka equanimity 
calmly, calmly. Yeah, so I hope, yeah, that may be something helpful um, for you to, to experiment with if you wish. So for the rest of the talk, I'd like to go through each of the Brahma Viharas um, to spend a little bit of time with each one. Again, just a, like a way of, of lifting up each one and honouring it and even a bow of respect towards that quality with the wish that it grow in ourselves and others. So, so much needed at, at this time and really always needed. So metta and how... Um, one way of cultivating um, this quality in the other ones is to ask helpful questions. So I have, um, so there's just three, and just as I say them, you can just notice what the, maybe the effect or if anything resonates. What is needed here? What is needed here? What can I what can I give or offer? How can I help? And um, not necessarily that we you know have to come up with answers immediately, but can you hear it's like that as an inclination? Then the mind is kind of seeded with that. Then like I've already been noticing this. Um, yeah, just a, a very, very s- simple example, but I felt like I wanted to share this because it's, it's an example of this hearing of something happening, sort of contemplating, and, and then this sort of natural, oh, I wish to support, wish to offer, how can I help? And it was hearing this really... You know, as we're hearing so much shocking and um, just huge kind of things happening, and this morning I was hearing that in in the United States, in the last three weeks, approximately sixteen point seven million people have applied for unemployment benefit. And as I share that, I'm very, I feel that tenderness of heart. And uh, so we're into the karuna, and these two not so separate, yeah, goodwill. And then feeling, or being in contact with the suffering that is happening maybe for you, some of you listening, and many others around us, and particularly people with lower incomes who may have less of a buffer, no savings and so on. And so as I, 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 I 
was hearing this news and then I was doing my walking meditation, which I often do to before a talk and this question, how can I how can I help? And I just food bank, food banks. So for me, that's something I intend to follow through, just in a way, a very small way. And, but as, as, as you could say, as part of the cultivation, that, that there's a real sense of, of, oh, it feels good. It feels good to have that response. Like, so then instead of going into overwhelm and, and shutting down and, Fixing, controlling, hoarding—you know—all these, all these um, kind of very, very, very understandable responses. Denying, avoid—you know—try to just—you know—not know about it as much as possible, out of fear of overwhelm. Can you hear? This is so, and this happened this morning. This is such a good example of how somehow that particular piece of information and then sort of meeting it with this ah oh, this wish to help and wish to support and then ah oh, there's something maybe I can do and then there's so much less suffering you could say even just immediately in the mind that's 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 can you this and then and then the benefit that comes from that for for myself for others a, a, a skillful pathway, a skillful pathway, yeah, to help us so that when we're encountering difficulty, pain, so many different ways that we can allow this very, again, natural, natural quality of, ah, oh, you know, I can maybe help with this or that. So not not in the way of getting busy, but out, out of, comes from a deeper place, doesn't it? It's comes from a, a more grounded, mm, mm, kind of wise mm, quality rather than the layer levels of, of reactivity and fear and got to and all of that. Yeah, so the practice of compassion and I wanted to share some teachings from other teachers. So Sharon Salzberg, she said, wrote, In compassion meditation, we're pu- purifying and transforming our relationship to suffering, whether it is our own or others. Being able to acknowledge suffering, open to it and respond to it with a tenderness of heart allows us to join with all beings and realize we are never alone. So perhaps this is one of the most important um, gifts of the compassion practice. Almost, if you like, it functions as a wisdom practice of breaking down or dissolving these senses of separation and isolation and separateness from from other beings and so the the possibility of 
that encounter being something opening, deepening, allowing wisdom to be to be cultivated as well as compassion. And um, there are some self-compassion phrases from the work of Kristin Neff. I think I've changed the word slightly, but inspired by her work, that we can use to help support our, again, our ability, our capacity to respond to difficulty and pain with tenderness and care and compassion. We can help, again, incline, you know, slope the mind that way. And it's, yeah, it includes... Anyway, I'll share the the three three phrases I have. So first of all, maybe hand in your heart area. It's really helpful for some people. This is difficult. Yeah, just that simple acknowledgement. Turning to face, turning to feel. And using the words can be helpful. Maybe it kind of activates the cognitive bit of our brain, which can help to counterbalance the other bits that... So you can tell I'm not very informed about that, but they're all, you know, jumping up and down and throbbing and scared. So this is difficult. And you're sort of nodding your head. It's almost a relief, right, to just acknowledge the truth of this yeah, and feeling it in our direct experience, feeling the, what's actually impacting us in our body and mind right now rather than trying to relate to some swirl of, you know, this and that over there and them and it's going to and all of that. It's like very hard to get a real sort of traction on that. It's like, so come close to the body and the heart. So the hand on the heart might help with that, okay. This is difficult. And you can change the words, you know, this hurts. This is hard. And anything that, that, again, is relevant for you. Second one is everyone, everyone experiences this. Uh, everyone experiences hurt or is hurting. Right? Everyone, all of us, all creatures. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe as I'm saying that, I can feel that kind of, almost the relief of aligning with the truth of that. Nodding the head. Again, only just as is appropriate for you. And that far from taking the mind further into sorrow or overwhelm, it's actually strengthening it, giving it ground in an acknowledgement of the reality, the felt reality. Yeah, that, that's here, that we can feel. I think that's so important. Here is actually, though we often flee from it because it's unpleasant, it's this, it's relating with this. That's where our strength can really, really grow and our capacity to, to help others. And the last one is, may this difficulty or this pain give rise to tender concern. Mm. 
So Mudita. Mudita. Again, as I was mentioning earlier, appreciatively. Encountering a negativity bias. What is well? What makes you smile? And one of the most supportive, uplifting reflections. What are you grateful for? Yeah. So ways of uplifting, gladdening, contemplating goodness, truth, beauty, wherever we find it. Outwardly, inwardly, remembering, imagining. May I appreciate goodness in all its forms. May I appreciate beauty in all its manifestations. May I be gladdened and uplifted by encountering the truth of things. Seeing more deeply, more joyfully, the goodness in in the world and in my own heart. Um... that I wanted to mention the power of story and so many stories you know traditional stories from different spiritual traditions and stories that uplift and encourage stories told through film through books through we hear on the radio I just very briefly one story recently again so many Stories of kindness and generosity. Again, really helpful to hear those and reflect on them. And this was uh, listening to Radio 4, BBC Radio 4, which is my main source of news at the moment. Story of a uh, a 94-year-old English composer, afraid I can't remember his name, but a student of his um, gathered a group of people online including the composer's daughter. And without the composer knowing, they put together a concert. Or a, um, well, I think it was just one piece of music that that composer had written. And they put, they, they put their voices together in instruments and they made this beautiful piece. And then they sent it, you know, via... Um, I guess it was maybe on YouTube. And the, the composer's wife... Um, sat with him and it was a surprise and clicked on the link and so he received this wonderful gift of love hearing his own daughter and other friends and students performing his music this makes me smile telling you about it so so many so many of those sorts of stories celebrating the goodness in the world and there's never been it's never been more important to do that so I'm 
lastly upekka, the equanimity, this uh, quality of balance with all of the, the joy and the sorrow and the changing, uncertain conditions, the not knowing, you know, the having our usual routines sort of knocked away. Um, this sense of equanimity that doesn't um, come to any conclusions about how I am or how it is or how it's going to be because we don't know. We don't know. But we can find balance. We can find steadiness here and now. We can do that. And this is, again, this so important to keep coming back to our direct experience an image I love for equanimity is from Shantideva, walking evenly on uneven ground. Uh, walking evenly on uneven ground. And, you know, this is a great image, but it's also like we can, if we have room to walk in our, in our house or flat or apartment or we can go outside uh, to walk. It's a very like the because it the body is balancing as you do that, so it's a physical manifestation of that. Been doing a lot of walking meditation. Really, really recommend it. Finding balance, balancing with with what's happening now, sort of within that, right? It's it's not trying to get somewhere. It's not trying to, you know, get everything organized nicely so then I can be balanced. <laughs> or, no, it's, it's, it's possible right now with these conditions and these uncertainties. You can still feel your bottom on the chair, your feet on the ground, your body balancing, resting on the earth. You can feel that connection with the earth and the air, the trees and all creatures. May I rest at ease with this changing experience. May I rest at ease within this changing, uncertain experience. This is possible. This is possible. Moment to moment, with things as they are. So coming towards the end of these reflections, um, the deep wish for all of us to... Uh, turn towards our heart's resources. To uh, enjoy them. Recognize them. And allow them into our life more and more fully. Allow the kindness and the calmness. Keep giving it little entry points 
through recollection, through image, through certain actions, words, through art, through singing, through dancing. May our hearts find ease and freedom within this very life, just as it is for our own deepest benefit and for the benefit of all beings everywhere. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.